Hi all, welcome to Dancing in the Rain. I'm Chloe and this is my brand new podcast on all things mental health. Each week I'll be inviting on some amazing, inspiring guests who will tell us all about their journeys with mental health and in doing so I hope for you guys listening that it will give you some inspiration and strength to realise and know that you can overcome the battles that you are facing too. This podcast will be covering a whole range of mental health issues, so I just want to give those listening a heads up that some topics you may find distressing or triggering, so please only listen if you feel comfortable and happy to do so. There's a few things I just want to say before I start the introduction for this week's guest. Um, First thing is I just want to send... (laughs) Lots of love and prayers for Ellie. Um, won't go into detail, but obviously those who know, know. So sending her lots of love. And secondly, the sound at the start of this um, episode, I'm not really sure quite what happened, but there's like a delay between me and Sammy speaking. So I'm talking after Sammy, it sounds like we're talking over each other, but it's literally only for like the first few minutes, I I think anyway, Um, and then it sorted itself out, so hopefully that's not too bad, thank you for bearing with, and um, yeah, so without further ado, this week's guest is the beautiful Sammy, Um, I've worked with Sammy for a number of years, and for a long time I didn't know anything about her mental health battles, and she, when I tell you she's smashed life, she has. She's literally done so well for herself, despite all this stuff in the background that nobody really knows about. As she says in the episode, hardly anyone knows. So it's such a big thing for her to come out and openly speak about this. So I'm just so grateful she chose Dancing in the Rain to speak on and to trust all us as listeners and I really, really hope that you enjoy the episode. And I just know that you'll love Sammy just as much as I do. So thank you for listening. Your journey with mental health and okay. what is it um, you so experience and stuff like that? As probably you know as well, I have always kept my mental health like pretty secret. Yeah. Um, I think I generally the reason yeah, obviously the reason one of the reasons why I wanted to do this as well um, is I think it sounds absolutely awful yep. but I'm probably one of the worst advocates for mental health because I think I've always seen it as a weakness yeah but yeah but you you're yeah 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 and I feel like yes but so I used to be like for other well, people Sammy. like if someone comes to me and they said they've got a problem oh my god I would sit there all day and I'd talk to them and I'm like give yourself an absolute break like are you crazy like you're just driving yourself like yeah never never but exactly and you would never judge me it's almost like exactly when someone says like something like depression or things like that it's almost like inside me almost like sort of cringes I know it sounds stupid like people put things on Facebook and that and it's so good that people were doing it but for myself I think because I hide away from that part and I've sort of hidden Mm. it away from other people it makes me feel really weird I'm like it almost makes me feel really uncomfortable like oh like it's the weirdest thing it's the weirdest thing um so I had a pretty rough childhood um because my dad is an Mm -hmm. alcoholic um when we actually came away, away from, I'm going to stumble over my words so much. Okay. Um, when we come, away, 
when we um actually sort of got it. away from my dad, <laughs> you're human. Um, we all had to go into counselling things like that. So I actually moved uh from Enfield when I was nine. So that's when we kind of come away. Um and then by sort of by the age of like nine and ten, I was already in for regular counselling. Um, so I've sort of so really it's sort of noticeable right. from when I was about sort of ten years old. Um, that I actually started sort of going counselling and I remember actually like looking it was weird because obviously while I was thinking mm. about doing this um, I remember looking back and I like every day to, like, going to school I had the worst belly ache and cramps and stuff like that but now I know that it was like really bad anxiety every day like I used to say to my mum every morning like mum I've got the worst belly ache and to be honest she must have got sick of hearing it but now looking back I realised that it was anxiety like every day like just waking up like, before anything's really happened I'd feel anxious so that was obviously when I was really young um, and then going into my yeah. teenage years I think yeah. my hormones played a massive part in it as well so that was in my teenage years were a mess um, and I was an absolute nightmare I was really erratic uh, my moods were up and down it was sort of all the time I, I really struggled with sort of friends as well because when I was like really happy and I was like well I'm making jokes and stuff like that um everyone sort of wanted to be around me and and then if I was then getting really low um I found that kind of everyone disappears and it's it's like they're not they don't kind of want, I call them fair weather friends if I just, but it's true so when you're like when you're like a solar party everyone wants to be around you and you're like bouncing off people and you're making everyone like buzzed up and excited and stuff yeah and then when you're like actually really low people don't really want to know and stuff and I so I always sort of really struggled with that in um school it was kind of like a really scary um my teenage years were just really scary I really was kind of all over the place yeah um I got diagnosed I went to the doctors um for your moods was that the yeah, yeah well actually I went to the doctors because um I was feeling like low all the time and um went to the doctors they diagnosed me with depression right so I think I first went on antidepressants probably when I was about 16 or 17 yeah um and they they were helping sort of to a degree um like I would say like when I was sort of down and stuff like that, it wasn't sort of as far as it kind of used to get down and things like that as well. Yeah, it takes the edge so off think, it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think they kind of were help, helping. Mm. Um, a few things happened when I was sort of 18 and I just got to the point where I was just ridiculously low. Like I didn't leave my room for weeks. Um, my mum sort of like the whole... Do you know, oh, my mum for the whole time, she was so, so, so strong. Yeah. Um, and I remember for weeks, she just knocked on my door. Like, the only time I'd leave is literally just to go to the next room to have a shower, go to the toilet. Um, and then my mum was just sort of bringing food to my door. Oh, bless her. Like, breakfast, lunch and dinner sort of thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and um, I remember, like, I just recognised that she was kind of feeding me up. And I was like, mum, like, what are you doing? Like, you don't need to, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can do things, like, on my own and stuff. And then she was just, she sort of just, it was the first time she sort of broke down. And yeah, she just, just don't know what else to do. Like, as a mother, like I don't know how to look after you. Um, mm. I think that was, I think that's the hardest point with a lot of people's mental health is, you know how much of an effect it has on the rest of your family, but there's not really much you can do about it at that time. A hundred percent. So that was, yeah. So that was sort of really hard. Um. And I just sort of spiralled. I was just getting worse and worse and worse. I think I had to take um, 
my car to like the garage to just do an MIT or something silly and I remember I was dropping it off quite late at night so it was there for them in the morning mm. and um, I was just so low me and my mum had a bit of a heart to heart like driving there in the car um, and then she she just said to me like 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 you've been to the doctors obviously they, they, you're on tablets and things like that like we probably need to go back and stuff and um and she said to me well like what do you want like do you not want to live anymore and things like that and I just said mm. to my mum like anything absolutely anything is sort of better than this like I just feel yeah. like it's just like something's wrong and if this is kind of life I don't if this is what life is I don't want to be here like I don't yeah. want to live it no um, I know exactly that's exactly it's like it's not necessarily when you're in that state it's weird because it's not like you want to die yeah, you don't want like, to die. Yeah. You just don't want to live as you are doing. Yeah. It's yeah. like you just need something to change, but you don't know how to change it. It's too, yeah. almost too much for you to think yeah. about how to even start to change it. And you don't believe it either. Like you yeah. can't see like that it will ever change. It's yeah, just that like dark that's hit. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Um, yeah. So then I sort of after kind of again like a long time sort of struggling with it and stuff I went back to the doctors and I said look I'm sort of over like I've overcome quite a few things in my life now um like I've kind of put things behind me and I've sort of sorted my childhood out I've sorted some things out when I was like 18 like I've done a lot like I'm not depressed anymore like there's something else that sort of it just seems something else seems really off Mm. um but I think the problem is um a lot of the times like when well so basically they after I said to them look I don't feel like I'm depressed and things like that, they actually referred me over to a psychiatrist right um, and I was then diagnosed with type 2 um <laughs> <laughs> with what <laughs> uh, uh, you can say it. <laughs> um I was diagnosed um with type 2 bipolar disorder yeah well um, done for saying it. Thank you so much. I absolutely <laughs> just shit my pants. No, you're so brave. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's fine. Um, so, and I think the problem is with a lot of the times, if you do have, um, like probably a lot of people have actually found out, if you have got bipolar, then they quite often it is misunderstood and it is diagnosed as depression and I think my massive belief for this is obviously when you're sort of when you are hyperactive and when you're on like a high and things like that you think that that's your true personality so you actually mm. don't know that that's not yeah, people yeah. maybe are not that normal like normally buzzing for life do you know what I mean yeah. it's like yeah it's like um and then you go to the doctors when you feel like something's wrong and that's normally when you're sort of down and you're depressed and things like that. so it does actually go quite undiagnosed um, a lot of the times that's so true I wouldn't think of that it's true yeah. you wouldn't go think to go to the doctors when you're no. like buzzing would you no absolutely not no yeah that's I never thought of that whereas if I see Ray I'm like she's growing up and she's bouncing around the house <laughs> I'd be like oh my god let's get you down to the doctor yeah. <laughs> something wrong with you <laughs> yeah come on Baba. yeah <laughs> um, yeah I think it's I I think obviously another reason why I wanted to do this as well mm is because so many people have this sort of preconception of people with bipolar and they think that your mood might sort of swing from like you might be the happiest person in the morning and then you're an arsehole in the afternoon or yeah in the afternoon and things like that and people think that your moods will swing like 
maybe day by day or hour by hour or minute by minute and that's that's actually not like the case so yeah what um so what with myself normally like I think type with type two you often spend more sort of longer periods of time um in like more of like a depressive state yeah so um and then so say for example you'll be like months of depression like you like really really low depression and then you'll then like maybe be like high again for like maybe a month or something like that and then but it can I mean the time sort of scales can vary a bit but it's not like how like when boys are like my girlfriend's got bipolar yeah kind of thing (laughs) so I think also like that's the reason why I don't like talk out about it and stuff like that so I think people just generally think like if you've got this then you are absolutely off your head. So, well, yeah, Liam will probably, a... <laughs> will probably say that. Vouch for that. Yeah. That's such a wrong, that's such a misconception, isn't it? But I think that's with all yeah. mental health. Yeah. People yeah. think if you're speaking about it, that you're, yeah. you're crazy. But yeah. really, yeah. the amount of people that probably suffer and think the same things that we both think yeah. is a lot more than, than we would first realise. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just, and I think when you do talk about it, it makes it a bit more normal. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I know for you, it's hard to speak about it, and that's that's for some people. That's what I mean. For some people, it works speaking out about it, and it makes it seem a bit yeah. more less scary. I think. I think also because when I um, when I actually got diagnosed, I had recently sort of started working, obviously where we know each other from. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd recently like I'd only been diagnosed I think like just a couple of months before um, yeah. and then I was like mum I'm going to London I'm moving out of this village in Cambridge oh, and I'm going to London I'm moving in with my auntie and this is what I'm doing and she's thinking oh my god Sam like is this just another one of your adventures or <laughs> midlife crisis actually, like yeah yeah and um, yeah and I felt like because like when we obviously first started the company there wasn't a lot of sort of girls like in sales no. and stuff mm. I think there was about me and like one other actually uh, I think it actually might have been, been the first, yeah I think I was actually the first girl like on the agency yeah, side and stuff. I so I really of... felt no yeah. and I really felt like um sort of like it was a very like male dominant um sort of was yeah. it weird? Thing yeah, yeah, like a real, and I felt like, oh my god, like if if these guys find out if I that I've got like something like what I thought was really wrong with me, mm. then they'll sack me straight away, which is obviously not the case. But um, yeah, and I just felt like it's such a weakness, and I hid it away. I absolutely despised that side of me. So I like I love like being all. Like at the time, I loved it when I was sort of really like upbeat and I was on like a high and things like that. And I love myself and like people, like I love being around people and things like that. But I absolutely like I just hated the low side. The other side, yeah. yeah. I just didn't accept it. And I think some even now, I do have a lot of trouble kind of accepting it. Mm. Um. So, when they diagnosed you, did you yeah. think? yes that makes sense like so or did you still think um no I took my mum um with yeah. me and I think sometimes with people with um like bipolar and things I think the best people that can actually help you understand yourself are like your family and people you've lived with yeah 
and the the hardest thing for me like it's still now if for say for example like i have told someone which honestly i think i've probably i probably think there's probably about 10 people that know that i have bipolar and probably yeah. about six of them are actual doctors <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't tell like, i don't tell hardly anyone and i feel like you know i feel like because i am because i am quite um like a functioning person like yeah good job and, do you know what I mean and I've, I've done sort of the right things in life I feel like people the worst thing is when someone like if I have told someone before they're like you you haven't got bipolar and I'm like I don't feel I don't I shouldn't have to justify myself or my mental health like for you to say that it's almost like you're crushing like, no. everything I've almost put everything I've gone through in my life for you to say that I haven't actually got any problems at all that's really hard and so many like it's so many people say that to people and stuff and so I've told someone before and they were like you haven't got bipolar I'm like you haven't lived with me like so people I think that see me and they see that I'm quite like successful and I get on really well and I'm doing like good things with my life they sort of almost like yeah I really but that's what I mean they only see that I choose to show people that you choose to show exactly when so yeah sorry when we go like going back and that so I took my mum in and they go through all these kind of like questions and stuff and She's obviously like writing down notes and things like that. And it's not actually until they pick out the characteristics of someone with bipolar, you actually think, well, fucking hell, yeah. Oh, sorry. What is that? <laughs> We're all wound up here. <laughs> you think, oh my God, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I just thought that was me kind of thing. So yeah. when I like, when I was, because again, it's, it's the heart that when you're on a high and when you're on, like, they call it like a, a manic stage. Whereas I think manic's quite a negative word, but yeah. when you're on like a quite like a high and stuff, um, so it's it's like, and then they're like, okay, so um, what does like when you're sort of like this is the characteristics of bipolar, like when you're not low, what do you feel like a kind of thing? Mm. And I was like, it's so hard to think about it, but I was like, um. Well, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, you know, when your favorite song comes on and you're like, you're in a club or whatever, and you're like, or oh, like you've just had a couple of drinks, yeah. And you're like, holy shit, this is the time of my life. That's what it feels <laughs> like, like. Yeah, and it's, wow. it's literally like, do you remember when you were like, oh, this is probably just the village thing, but we used to like <laughs> go on a field when we were young and just get drunk, like when we was definitely not supposed to be drinking. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, like this is life. Like yes. this is so good. But that's what it's like. And you're just kind of wow. really hyperactive. Yeah. Um, bounce off worlds, you're talking really quick. Like you just, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. But then there are sort of bad sides of it as I well. I bet that's so, tiring as well and draining. Yeah. Nah, well you know how i've been to the office and you're like how long have you slept at the weekend i'm like oh yeah 48 hours now like, <laughs> yeah. I, I could sleep from friday to sunday sometimes it's true um, you do but yeah so you have like this like it's like a euphoric feeling you're just like sort of buzzing for life you're waking up you're like but, but there are sort of it's still quite dangerous so i got myself into a huge amount of debt yes you're sort of just living like you're like, you know when you're on holiday you don't give a fuck you're just spending like whatever money and stuff like that so you can't like, I was in thousands of pounds of debt before I got to TFS yeah um, I was in absolute thousands of pounds I borrowed like money I'd be on I had credit cards store cards for like everything and I just racked up so much debt but it's it's like 
it doesn't even like people say oh my god having all that debt doesn't worry you but at that time you don't care yeah like, it's like it's almost you're like in that state of mind like, yeah you're in that state of mind you don't care like you go out with your mates you'll buy you're paying for everyone's dinner you're paying for like you just you're living as if like you've got all this money yeah um so it has actually got me into like quite a, like a lot of trouble before and you just feel like that you can like achieve absolutely anything like yeah. at all like whatever you put your house to like whatever you put your house to <laughs> your mind whatever you put your mind to. your mind is your house Sammy your house is your house <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you're in it's like you just like you're just crazy like you're just I'm waking up in the morning I'm blitzing the house I'm bleaching absolutely everything and it's like ridiculous see, some people would think that's like a positive oh my god they? I am naturally like absolutely the messiest person ever like <laughs> I walk into anyone's house and you'll know I'm there within five minutes because I've got like bits scattered around everywhere all over like I'm absolutely horrendous mm. um yeah yeah that's what I'm saying so this is the problem I think it goes I'm diagnosed so much because they see all this stuff as positive so like buzzing yeah. I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning I'm blitzing my house and things like that but like you said it's so tiring and it actually like what goes up must come down and I think that's because that yeah. like is just as high as you sort of are it's almost like your body uses up all its serotonin and then it just comes crashing down massive drop yeah also like what I used to do I do feel really sorry for my family <laughs> I've <laughs> through some shit, Kai. So basically, a massive part of it, and what they've obviously described, like she was like, "Oh, do you have any like? Do you feel like you come up with sort of like business ideas or any kind of ideas, and you you put like you run with it and things like that?" And I'm like, "Is that a bipolar thing?" Oh, I generally thought that was just. I feel like I do that. Oh my god, Kai! <laughs> let yourself down to the doctors, girl. I think I need to. Kai, honestly, like I was. I before this is all obviously before I was kind of medicated and stuff like yeah that was awful I'm not tranquilized but before <clears> I was on tablets <laughs> um, so like I I would just I'd be lying in bed or something and then I'd be like I'd see something on telly and I'm like oh my god that's me that's my calling in life so really? yeah I've I've like wanted to open up a cupcake shop okay but like, this is how but <laughs> like, this is how stupid it is so I was walking past them in our little village, I called it the Top Shops, right? And there was one of the shops that come vacant. I don't even know where I got this into my head. But um, I was like, oh, my God, but this is it. I'm calling my mum. I'm calling my brother. I'm like, right, I'm opening up a cupcake shop. They're like, what? And this is before my diagnosis or nothing, right? They're like, what? Like, bear in mind, I'm only, like, 19, maybe, 18, yeah. 19. And I'm like, no, this is it like this is what I'm doing and they're like all right okay and I'm googling loads of different like empty venues to just like compare it against this one at the top shops I've, I've dragged my brother around to have a look at this venue to see because he's like quite good at like a handyman sort of thing to see what yeah. he can do with it we're Clara, I'm pricing everything up like how much oh it'll cost God. me I'm looking at all the legislation like what I'd need to do like in terms of like health and safety and this and just came that. to you just yes like this is wow. that. but I'm now about to like I'm staying up till for, I had a partner at the time but mm. we're mixing cake mix to make these cupcakes at like mm. four in the morning Chloe. Yeah. like I'm getting him to like draw out designs I'm drawing out designs like everyone used to do you know what I think it's because I was so enthusiastic about it I just <laughs> everyone drew went everyone in yeah <laughs> I just drew everyone into this idea right I can't bake for shit I can cook but I can't bake for shit so I'm like doing all these different like ingredients I'm watching the cooker like and it, I'm not joking this is like four or five in the morning my mum would come downstairs like what the hell are you doing and then she just like 
And then I'm going, Chloe, I'm going around to my nan's house, who actually is quite a good baker, and I'm putting these cupcakes on her door, like, you need to try this one, you need to try this one. They're all like, mmm, really nice, Because huh? they didn't want to, like, dampen my spirit. <laughs> I just feel so sorry. Like, I've just drank And how did that end? Did you in. just eventually think? No, you switch off. That's it, done. It's just that don't do it anymore. Yeah. That wow, it's, that's weird, so isn't it's it? It's almost like it's almost like as fast as it comes you spend a good couple of like maybe like days or sometimes like a week or whatever on it or two weeks or anything like that and it just goes but like some things have actually cost me money so obviously the only thing it really cost me then was like flour and sugar <laughs> and things like that and I was I took voluntary redundancy from a job and I was about to put all my redundancy money into this venue yeah oh, so actually it's quite like yeah it's so, dangerous you can rack up that so quickly yeah um, I wanted to be a wedding planner. I'm like, I'm like emailing like venues and stuff like that, trying to get information out of them, how much they'd normally like, how they like liaise with wedding plan, all this stuff. Like I'm, I'm doing like researching and I'm talking, I can't switch off until it's sort of done. So I will until be, I'll try, I'll try and go to sleep and then I can't, I'm like, no, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this until I can go to sleep. And I only go to sleep when I'm absolutely shattered and I might have like two, three hours sleep. I'm waking up the next day again and I'm back on it again. And I'm still trying to like, it's just it's mental up in lockdown mm. i wanted to be a seamstress chloe i've literally said to liam like that's it i found my calling in life i'm gonna make all of our own clothes like <laughs> you ain't going shopping anymore but can i say you've done really well with your little business oh chloe that's <laughs> that's good though I no do you know what done really well yeah do you know what so that kind of come off the back of this seamstress thing, right? So I was like, that's it, Liam, cancel your um cancel your account with ASOS. Like, that's it. You're never having to buy clothes again. I am making it right. So I made like bunny like teethers for babies and I was making clothes and stuff like that. Like I made her a dress and all that stuff and it Aww. like out of like an organic hemp material. Like the thing was like cardboard. Liam was like, it literally is child cruelty to put your child in <laughs> Like, I know you want it organic and stuff. Yeah, to be fair though, like I think that's like I think my my poor mum because my family even and Liam knows exactly what I'm like now. Like he yeah, he actually found out that I had bipolar before I'd even told him because I'm obviously known his sister for years and his sister said Oh yeah, so he knew before I'd even told him. So I remember him um, standing in my kitchen. He was like, um, and we'd only literally like known each other for like two weeks where everything was like can I ask you a question and to be fair like normally again I'd keep it a secret until they really had to know like there's been times yeah. where I like I always used to take my tablets at night there's times where I'd just go to the toilet take my tablets and they'd be none the wiser yeah so I really didn't like I was just so like scared to tell people so embarrassed with that side of me yeah, um, I mean. so yeah Liam like, I remember Liam standing in my kitchen and he was like um, can I ask you something? And it was just the tone of the voice. And I went, nah. <laughs> he was like, no, like, I want to ask you something. I was like, yeah, I understood your question. I'm saying no. I said no. no. <laughs> I'm saying no to you. Like, and yeah, and like, he asked me and stuff like that. And then I was like, what, my smaller? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have that? <laughs> the of secret course. word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a bit like saying Voldemort in my house. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know I had to say it. Um, but yes, yeah, so, yeah. So this, like, obviously, this. So my mum's so used to that me. Yeah, flounder around. I've moved. Like I've been. I've moved around the country before. I'm like, right, this is it. Like I've boyfriends and stuff. Like I've had boyfriends before. Where I'm like, oh my god, I really like him. I'm like, mum is so nice. Like this is like, oh, he's so lovely. I really, really like him. I can see us being together for ages, and it's almost like a couple of weeks go by, and I'm like. What am I doing? I was gonna say, do you in relationships yeah. is it the same where you're really like really bad? Yeah, okay, so, I'm done now. 
the hardest thing, yeah, and like the tiniest little thing, and then that's mm. like I'm just that. Oh my, and I don't even know then what I kind of like. It sounds awful, but I don't even know why I even felt that certain way towards them. But it's the same as like the business thing. I'm not joking. You get it in your mind, or you have an idea in your mind, and then you run run with it. And it's like, this is it. Like, you can't even, like, think, oh, my God, this is just something that is going to fail. It's going to be a phase or something like that. It's, you just run with it. But now, whenever I say to my mum anything, like, obviously, now, like, I think the seamstress thing was a bit of a problem. <laughs> like, yeah. obviously, I probably spent a good, well, probably about 400 quid on organic fabric. Oh. <laughs> but that's not even close to what I've spent before on other, like, ideas. Yeah. So that was quite a cheap one, to be fair. So I'm not joking. One morning, like we've just had, we've got a newborn baby in our room. I'm up. I think five o'clock in the morning. I think she woke me up one morning. She went back to sleep, and I'm sitting. In, bear in mind, we're in a flat at the minute as well. Yeah. I'm at the dining table, which is like made out of wood, so it's loud as fuck, and I'm sewing. Like five o'clock in the morning, like I'm making was it Liam's coming. He's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I can't stop. Like I'm just really hyperactive, and I need to do something." And yeah, just, yeah. But, so you still get episodes even though you're on medication now but I suppose they're not as drastic are they they're not like so what the, pro- the problem is is what's happened is I've I feel like my body's really changed since I've had Raya yes so for so all of this like medication and that things like they were absolutely fine for years so after all the kind of like absolute whirlwind of a life that I had before Mm. um since I was actually put on tablets and I was really lucky because um they put me on lamotrigine which is actually for it's like an anti-epileptic uh, so how it works is like how epilepsy is kind of to do with the brain waves and stuff like that that's similar to bipolar right so it it sort of just steadies your brain waves like so it's, it's kind of rather than you feeling like high or low or a situation might make you like angry rather than flying off the handle like it mellows you sort of yeah it, it does yeah but I was so scared before they put me on tablets and stuff because so I said to my mum like I've had this my whole life I don't even know who I am like that's, that's yeah, so scary yeah. like I don't know what is my personality and what is bipolar like, I was really worried because I thought do you know what I actually cast myself as quite funny like imagine if I just lost that Lynn would not agree at all <laughs> <laughs> I think you're funny that is your, your way is humor I know it yeah. is but I find yeah. you funny Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> Calm you down. So, it just, did you think that they, they? That's just your body's got a bit immune to it now. No. So what happened um, was, so yes, they were fun. The only time really my um, sort of bipolar research would kick in is if I maybe went out too many nights on the piss because obviously, yeah, everyone knows you shouldn't really drink on. So I'm on lamotrigine, sorry, and then I was on citalopram as well, which is like a really common. Like I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So um I was I was on those for absolute years. Um yeah, unless I went out on like a massive bender and I spent weekends and weekends pissed, then it would really affect my tablets and I'd I'd, I'd be in an absolute state again. And then um my mum yeah, my mum would say my mum wouldn't have recognised before I did like what are you doing? Like you need yeah. to stop drinking and then I would go months without drinking again, so I'd sort of stop. Um, get myself that like, sort of back on the straight and narrow kind of thing and then maybe like drink again and things like that so yeah unless I drank or missed tablets um, then normally I would be all right but before um, before I was diagnosed and I had these medications so obviously I'd have all the high moments and things like that yeah. but before I was diagnosed um, I there was one point after 
I was a, when I was about 18, 19, that I couldn't even leave the house. Around the same sort of time where I just stayed in my room for weeks, but around that same sort of time, I think it was my nan and granddad's like 60th or 70th, mm. um, like wedding anniversary sort of thing. And I literally could not even be around my own family. And I remember you said in your first thing that you was on um, diazepam. Yeah. I couldn't leave the house. Like, my brother forced me to come out one day and he was like, look, you need to, like, you haven't been to, like, a shop or anything for ages. And I kept my hood up the whole time. Like, I didn't want to be seen. My thing was, like, I really don't want to be seen. Like, I just I just was so low. Like, even to get myself to my nan and grand's party, I was so high on diazepam. I fuck knows how many tablets I took just to get myself to even yeah. be around family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, really struggled. Um, When, so I was I at that time I didn't I wouldn't my cousin quite sort of recently had a baby I wouldn't hold the baby because I was so scared that I was actually going to drop the baby on purpose like I just had this fear they're called like aren't they like intrusive faults or something yeah. like that yeah. yeah and that's kind of I've, I've suffered with that for a really really long time I know that you they can go they can make you go like completely crazy like, it, I, could, I, I, remember driving. I was like yeah, yeah I was just about to say I remember when I was yeah. driving once yeah. you think I'm just going to drive into this tree. And then you yeah. think, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Why are you thinking that? Yeah. And you just, and that's what it's like with like depression and bipolar and things like that. Like the, the scary thing with bipolar is it's so impulsive. So like when you're high, you're doing impulsive buying, you're going into impulsive relationships and things like that. Whereas with like on the lows, you're just as impulsive, but it's again, it's very sort of, yeah followed by your thoughts so like like you said so I had to stop driving like I generally didn't I'd get to like a t-junction and I generally didn't trust myself that there wasn't a car coming so I check check again check again and I couldn't like I couldn't go because I just I just didn't trust myself enough that the road was clear that I thought that I was going to drive out and kill someone like it that was, makes perfect sense to me yeah. I know I've felt that exact same. yeah yeah and and yeah it's just that and it is like that so you feel like you're going to just crash into a wall and that yeah it's it is scary there was a time um when i moved to wales <laughs> to be with someone <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah um and and i was really really low and i was um f- f- when i'm quite down as well i get quite funny about germs so i feel like everything kind of needs to be bleached and things like that. anyway we was living above um a pub at the time and we were sort of like we had our own room and there was a couple of other people around and they had all their own rooms and i was in a really really low pace mm. um and i remember standing in like the kitchen and it's like again it's just so impulsive i couldn't i I just couldn't settle like nothing was keeping like I just couldn't settle and I was just in such a state um I remember standing in the kitchen and I literally had this massive fuck off knife towards my stomach and I was about to stab myself in the stomach oh it's awful and I called mm. um and I called my like partner at the time and he was he wasn't very good at dealing with it um mm. I had to choose my words carefully in case he listens <laughs> um but he just he kind of didn't know what to do and I was literally just like shaking and I was just holding this knife and I thought for one in one more second like I could easily just like kill myself just give it, yeah and I, I remember just, I just dropped the knife and I called um I called I think the 111 service or whatever it was and I said I need to get like someone needs to come help me now I said because I'm seconds away from killing myself um and then he was like right well can you um and I was I just it's so hard to describe it when you're not in that place, but it was almost like just it's absolute desperation. And mm. you just think like 
if I don't get, if someone doesn't come get help, like come help me now, I can't trust myself to get through this night. And that's exactly what it is. Like, you know that these impulsive thoughts come so quickly and it will just take a second for you to either like jump in front of a car in a row. To or act on it. To yeah. Stuff or stuff like that. yeah. And it's just so scary. It's such a scary, scary, scary place. And it's so lonely as well, especially if you're kind of with people that don't really get it. And, and yeah. So I, I remember calling them and, and they was like, right, you need to get someone to drive you in, like, right now. And and he didn't drive, and I, I couldn't ask anyone else. And I was like, no, 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 like, I need to drive. Like, I need to get myself in because, yeah. um, like, I need something to focus on. I was like, I cannot just sit there. For and I remember, like, literally, I'm just, like, like scratching, like, my, like closing my fist and opening. And I just couldn't. I just needed to be doing something. Cause I was Focusing, like, yeah. On something I was care. so scared of letting, like, yeah, letting go focus. And then I just, you just can't trust yourself. It's the weirdest, weirdest feeling. Yeah, no, anyway. no. I chucked my boyfriend at the time in the car and I was like, get in the fucking car, like I'm going to hospital, like panicking kind of thing. And then um, I drove in there and then I was seen by like, um, obviously like a mental health person that comes in or whatever. Um, anyway, and then I just remember him saying, and it, it used to make me cry so much. And I was just saying like, I'm just in this state and da, 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 da. And I'd sort of explain my previous mental health thing and stuff. And he just, I just remember him saying to me, Sammy, why do you feel like you can't, better he was like you've proved to yourself before that you have actually overcome like like depression you've got yourself out of this state before like why does it feel now like you can't do it like you've done it before you can do it again kind of thing yeah and that sort of that sort of seemed to like help at the time but that's like doesn't it yeah it does yeah and it does sort of it's just some people i think in your life that they just say certain things and it does actually help but the, the feeling of like being that like it's like grief that's the only way that that's the best word i can describe it is like for anyone that hasn't really suffered from like mental health or depression and stuff like that but that when you're at that point when you're so low it feels like grief like that's that's how kind of yeah deep it goes um yeah so the problem that i've sort of so yeah sorry so I was like sort of that I was doing really well um, yeah and then I stayed on medication and then I got pregnant yes um with my pregnancy as you know it wasn't the smoothest pregnancy oh my god bless your heart (laughs) you literally went through the wars oh my god it was awful so because I had that obviously high premises I think it's called so I had that really bad sickness and the problem is that the sick just being sick I was sicking up a lot of my medication so yes I had a mental health team. So when I obviously got pregnant, I had to let um, them know straight away because I was scared, obviously, with the tablets I was on, was it going to affect the baby? And mm-hmm. I just had a lot of questions around, like, if I could breastfeed and things like that. Um, if I'd have left it kind of any longer, um, then you wouldn't have the decision, obviously, to to keep the baby or not kind of thing. And I remember I was just absolutely sold my heart out. And I was so scared that, if I carried on with the pregnancy and I was as low as I was, then I I wouldn't be any kind of shape of a mum at the end of it mm. anyway. Like I wouldn't actually be able to look after the baby myself anyway. Um, so it was it was like a massive decision to actually carry on with the pregnancy because I generally was like I can't I I really don't know if I can carry on with this. Like I was going yeah. to the hospital getting injections to stop myself from being sick and that, and, I, and I had to go into hospital and I was on a drip and things like that. Like I really did suffer but for it yeah luckily um they found like a pill that sort of eased it like a lot um and then obviously we did decide to kind of carry on with um the pregnancy yeah um, and my mental 
your hormones and things like that. It felt very much like my teenage sometimes. Like it was just a really kind of scary place and I was trying to obviously keep up going to work and things like that. And again, I was so scared of showing like as if I was being weak or I couldn't weak, do the yeah. and things like that. You I think you just put so much pressure on yourself. Um I then um I think I then got towards sort of the end of my pregnancy and I just remember being like, Liam, I can't do this anymore. And it's almost like funny when you look back on it now, but it's definitely yeah. like, <laughs> I feel so sorry for Liam. Um, <laughs> he really has been put through it. Um, <laughs> and I, I literally, I don't know what happened or what set it off or whatever, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And I literally just said to him, I was like, because obviously I've had, so I had, sorry, I had the mental health people, like you go to like meetings and stuff like that. Like the same as when you have your kind of checkups and then I've yeah, like, to yeah. see how you are and things like that. Um, they, uh, yeah, I was, I was in the bedroom and I was like, literally, I was shouting as if like I hadn't even heard that 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 noise come out of my mouth before like I was in such a state yeah. I was like call them call them like I just I, I was in like it's like a panic and I was like call them call them I was like I need her out I need her out and I was like you need to get her out like now I was like because I can't do this and I was like if you keep her in for any longer then I'll kill the both but like I really yeah such a state and I, I was literally like call them and he was like call who I was like I don't know like get yeah, her out yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna cut her out like yeah. Um, he was like oh my we look back at it now and he was like yeah you was gonna perform a c-section on yourself <laughs> like oh, fuck. I, was yeah. like, I was so serious and at the time i generally didn't think i thought if you leave this baby in with me like for this like one more night or whatever like i neither but, of us and it's, like you said it's so scary though because the thoughts yeah. that you have when you're yeah. in that state yeah it's like you deadly mean them. You're yeah. like, yeah. And even yeah. if what you're saying doesn't even make sense, like, of course yeah. it doesn't make sense what you was going to do, but it's like, yeah, like, who the fuck do you want me to call? Like, yeah, it's like, well, I'll, well I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And I yeah. remember I was exactly like that just after yeah. Daisy was born. I was literally like, someone needs to listen to what I'm saying yes. and take me yes. seriously because yes. what I'm telling you is what I'm going to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My oh, God. oh Sammy. It is like, but. Anyway, and then I kind of got like, and then I sort of like calmed down and things like that. And, yeah, um, we got through obviously that night, and then um, we sort of, uh, oh yeah, and then I had to. Do you know what the scariest thing is? Obviously, you have this mental health and they support you for the whole thing, but they really do have to let you know of like worst case scenario as well. And they came round when we moved, obviously back to Cambridgeshire, and they came round and she said, "Look, I know it's not really the best conversation." And I'm talking, this is probably a, four days before I'd given birth, so oh, I'm Jesus. so close to the end. And then they had this conversation. They said, look, if you've got mental health conditions already, um, you can get something. I think there's postnatal depression and there's postnatal psychosis. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah. And she said that you, there's a high chance of you getting this. So she said right. you need to, there's two hospitals that are closest to you. Um, if you are like out of capacity, which ones you want to go to? <laughs> I was like, oh god i was like what because that is do you know what i think if you have got like bipolar or anything like that your biggest my biggest fear in life is genuinely if raya grows up and she's got it because i know how much of like struggle, yeah like your life's gonna be like until obviously you can get help and stuff but that's like one of it and another thing you're so scared of is 
is my baby going to get taken away from me? Yeah, I had what, that. Am I, I yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, it's, it's just awful. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, my mum was in the room with me when, obviously, they were talking to me about, like, the hospitals and stuff like that. And um, like, and it was a serious decision. It really was, like, a serious decision that I had to make. If I get to the point after I've had her, I'm not in capacity, then they would have to take me to one of those hospitals. And they're special mother and baby units. Um, and they said to me, look, you've got a choice also whether you want to take uh, Raya with you or not or if you leave her with the dad. And my first instinct was leave her at home with him like if I am in a situation where I have to go into that hospital I can't look after her um and I also think like I don't want to almost like fuck her up I know as a baby and stuff like that they're not going to know any different stuff like that but you think oh my god if she spends the first like couple of months or I don't want her in that environment yeah 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 Yeah, but just for anyone, like, obviously, if you have got that choice, just know that you you get full 100% support. Like, luckily, I didn't have to go there. Um, but you do, if you do need to go, you get complete 100% support and have to look after the baby. They will help do the night feeds for you. They will help you do absolutely everything. But it's just so that baby's there. And even if you don't do, obviously, the normal, like, things that people think you're supposed to be doing as a parent even mm-hmm. if you can only spend five minutes a day with your baby they will help support you with that and it's such like it really is um it's not like a negative thing to go to or anything like that yeah but, so that's what happened um I didn't obviously go in which was I was thankful thankfully yeah so then I had Raya um and then since then really up until now they said I've just changed my medication now Mm-hmm. Um, because my previous tablets they just weren't they just weren't working anymore it's literally just like they just s- sort of almost stopped so yeah, yeah. So but I suppose that might be the hormones or something from the baby maybe. I think so yeah I think so and people say like they have hate they had severe hay fever they had a baby and don't have it anymore so I feel like just it's mad just what your body does isn't massively it? yeah it's so like when I first I first had her um it was the next day in the hospital and I said to Liam I was like I'm gonna go um I had like a ridiculously shitty labour as well. But um, the next day when I woke up, I said to Liam, like, I'm going to go get some food. And I didn't. I went into the car park. I called my mum and I was like, I'm coming home. She was like, what? <laughs> she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm coming home. Like, I can't do this. Like, um, I was like, I just need to somehow get the keys from Liam, just like the car keys without him noticing. I was like, I'm on my way. And she was like, well, where's the baby? And I was like, they're in the ward. Like, I can't literally. But I was quite lucky as well because... So we've, I'm sorry, I feel so scary, sorry. Um, it's fun. So where, obviously, because they knew about my mental health and stuff like that, before they actually, I had to stay in the hospital for a week with Raya. Oh, really? So, yeah. So that was already planned. Um, so they said to me that, because I know a lot of mums, you have, you give birth and stuff and then you go onto a ward. Yeah. Um, where they they put a room aside for us so we had like a family so it was just me him and the baby and he could stay and things like that because I wouldn't have coped well like yeah doing that on that well they did actually temporarily put us on there for a couple of minutes and I lost my shit and I was about to rip my cannula out and I was just going to <laughs> so they were like okay we're just gonna get into the room <laughs> but this is a thing like I feel like when people when like you talk to people they're like yeah Yo, you've got nothing wrong with you or you're just having a bad day and I'm like Mm. Yeah, I talk to my mum or Liam. Yeah, you know, if it's just a bad day kind of thing, it's just like yeah. it shouldn't. It just yeah, it's it's weird. So anyway, I was in the, I was in this car park and I was like, that's it. Like I don't like I want to come home. 
um, anywhere. And then I calmed down, she come up to the hospital. Um, but I was so ready to leave them. And like you said on your story as well, you just, you don't feel like you can do it. Like you just feel like, oh, it oh, just I feels to do too this. much, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Massive. Like I remember, like I said, I just remember thinking, my brain I can't, like it's too much yeah. and also like I had the that perfect prep machine you know like the top yes, yes. I literally used ready-made bottles for like three four months of oh my life because God, I couldn't, couldn't even think about doing yeah. it oh my god Chloe we did it we literally if we that's all we did I remember even coming home and looking at the fucking steriliser and I said to my brother's girlfriend like oh god yeah she just read all the instructions for me like everything she just set me up for everything bless her but oh my god we stayed on them ready made things so the whole sorry so yes the whole week we was in hospital the reason why we had to stay in there is because of in case she had any withdrawal symptoms now I said to like I when I first got pregnant I said to them look do I need to come off medication and she said yeah you you have to weigh up the risk she said you're actually more at risk of you doing more damage to yourself by coming off your medication than you are staying on them and then what obviously the damage would do to the baby yeah um so we had to kind of weigh that up but what they did say which is absolutely like when you're pregnant you're hormonal and it's absolutely heartbreaking for you to think of like they said look you will need to stay into the hospital for a week because your baby might have withdrawal symptoms right um, which you're like how could i put my baby through this kind of thing so it is scary, but she luckily she was just she was just she came out and she was absolutely fine oh, um, okay. in terms of that. So yeah, so we didn't have to worry about that. But you do it is just so scary. And then afterwards, I come we come out of the hospital after being there for a week, um, and then something sort of just changed in me again. And I was I was convinced. I didn't ask my phone to anyone. I was convinced that like I was texting people and they were Chloe I'm the worst on my phone you can text me seven days later I'll text you back <laughs> but I was texting like my friends and stuff and they weren't replying or I'll talk to people from work and like I'll text people from work or whatever and they wouldn't reply within 10 minutes and I said to I remember sitting in the car one day to Liam I was like I've done something wrong and he was like what and I was like no one's talking to me from work he was like what do you mean? I was like, oh my God, someone must have sent like an email around and told him not to talk, like told him that you can't communicate with Sammy anymore and all this stuff. And it oh just, God, I truly yeah. really believed it. And like, it's not until you look back now, you're thinking, what the fuck? Like, yeah, like what but, was you doing? Yeah, but I was really, after Raya, I was really, really ill. And I was, um, I was really paranoid, um, which I've never really had before. I never really had like paranoia, but I was convinced in my head that Liam was going to take the baby away. Yeah, we went to the doctors and and I was sort of just like piecing loads of bits together and just all these scenarios in my head. And then I went to the doctors and obviously, obviously we're not married. I don't have this surname or anything. And normally like people obviously register the baby under the dad's name, don't they? And yeah. The registration and at the doctors and things like that. And I remember like I was, the lady said to me behind the counter, and they were like, oh, okay, so what's her surname? And then Lynn was like, oh, like shouted over, he was sitting down with me, he was like, oh, it's Sancaster. And that was right. Like, what what he was saying was right, but in my mind, I'm like, he's going to take her away from me. He's not going to yeah. let he's, he's telling the doctors, like, secretly that, that like, it's his baby. And then, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I no. Know what, that was so hard. And I almost got to the point where I was, like, I was scared to be in the house with him because I just had in my mind that he was... He was generally trying to take her away from, like, take her away yeah. from me. Or if I was feeding her, he's like, do you want me to do this? Like, I'll do this feed or whatever. And then I was thinking, 
he's not gonna lie he and then I yeah yeah and I thought that he actually didn't think that I don't know I just had this thing in my head where I thought that like I didn't know who was in on this plan like whether my mum had been talking to him and the mental health team and there was this whole plan of how they had to to take her away and stuff and it's so scary and that must have been so lonely as well because you're just thinking it's like everyone's against you yeah and me and my mum were so close and like to even like even think that my mum was like against me would do that yeah and I was just so like it was so like on you're just completely on your own and you feel like everything you knew before is like completely different now yeah it was yeah it was really really scary and you know what it took me a good couple of months like to even kind of I I don't know it was really weird I feel like we had to go oh I can't even time scale wise I don't even know but I really did suffer for that for a while and I have my mental health people coming around like every week yeah even if like obviously if Liam was like in the room or whatever I'm thinking is he communicating with her like secretly and stuff like that like I was just constantly on guard like I, I just felt absolutely all the time yeah, yeah. And then, I know it sounds stupid oh my god I don't know it sounds stupid but even when I was talking to her like I'd say to her like that mummy loves you and stuff and if they take you away from me and that because like I've always like tried my best and things like that it was just awesome. I genuinely yeah. all of them were just against you yeah. yeah and then they just had this like plan and stuff I really like I've really struggled um I got some help by increased my tablets and stuff like that and I still am like even now I'm quite like I am quite unbalanced so they put me on some new ones which are quite they are a lot stronger and they make you feel quite sick in the morning and just things like that like but I'm just kind of waiting for them to settle down like the last couple yeah. of weeks have been mental. Yeah, when Again. you start, first start taking medication. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is mental, but just, I think the, the turning point in my life was definitely when I started taking tablets and so many people were scared of taking tablets, but don't be like, honestly, I just to be honest I'm living proof obviously I sound absolutely not living proof right now but (laughs) like you can like everyone that's got like bipolar or whatever you can have a normal life you can hold down a normal relationship you can have a family like don't be scared that you're going to pass it on to your baby because there's no better person than yourself to look after. like if your baby or was to get bipolar or whatever there's no better person than yourself to look after your baby because you know exactly what it feels like and yeah you can help them and stuff but you can have a normal job and things like that so Can we also just acknowledge that you're like you smash work like all <laughs> i've ever known you is to just literally <laughs> plow through work you're like one of the top highest female billers in the whole company. You got your own pace. Yeah, I have. Do you know what you've, I mean? And I feel like it has you've to done be... so well, and yeah. now you've got a lovely boyfriend. And <laughs> he's had to I'm slowly turning him absolutely mental. <laughs> <laughs> he was and, like, I did not a, sign up for this. <laughs> and a beautiful baby, and you were just honestly, you're the loveliest person, Sammy. Oh. I, I'm not even just saying it. No one has a bad word to say about you. They don't. <laughs> it's just, it is. You should yeah. be so proud of yourself, and I know it's. It's it. Mental health is one of the things. It never ends, really, yeah. does it? It's you've yeah. just got to find a way to still function with it yeah like even now it's like I'm like I've been pretty straight for 
absolutely sweat from 21 till now like obviously apart from hiccups from drinking or missing tablets yeah. and stuff like that but genuinely I haven't really had any like I've been so like good and things like that but when you're like you do have to prepare if you do have a baby like your hormones will pay apart and it will be difficult like and things can change like you might be able to go back on your medication or stick with the same stuff but things your body just completely your mindset changes everything is this different so you have to give yourself a break yes yeah oh my it's god I'm the most unorganized mum ever like <laughs> I mean, do you know what even if someone looked at me dodgy in the street I'd be like you are more than welcome to judge me right now like, <laughs> This morning it was really cold. I've gone shopping with her. This morning was actually really quite cold. She loves a dummy. I've got a dummy. Um, <laughs> I, I had that. I had no um, like muslins on me at all. So it's quite cold. I've got her in a romper. I didn't have no coat, no blanket, nothing with me. Like honestly, she I probably she looked a little bit like a homeless child. Like I thought it was so <laughs> awful. Luckily, I was going out with Lily's sister, who's just had twins like a week before Raya. So she just literally had every. She's like the most organized mum ever so yeah yeah there's I've got her as backup definitely I'm like um, can I borrow that dummy and uh, maybe that's you know and maybe that <laughs> but that honestly you are not the only one I've yeah. done that plenty of times everyone yeah. just wins it it's just yeah yeah I, I like there's times when I forgot like nappy bags and stuff and I'm like fuck what oh am I gonna do or like wipes and stuff like, yeah oh I yeah wipes that was the other thing yeah I've yeah. got that so, dummy coat a blanket today. I need like a little list on my actual bag so I don't yeah honestly I do it I do it as well you're not the only one yeah <laughs> like tablets and stuff like that I would not be here my mum and brother kept me alive but there's only like uh, I was in this I remember sitting with my auntie on a sofa right do you remember when um Robin Williams killed himself yeah I remember sitting with my, my auntie said something like oh my god like how could you like ever get that low to the point where you do that and stuff? And I know some people say like people that have committed suicide are selfish and things like that. But when you know what it feels like to be that desperate and you know what that place is like, and I understood exactly why he killed himself. Yeah. Not obviously like oh, um, me and Robin Williams are besties <laughs> really like that. But I mean, in terms of like the feeling, like if my best friend came up to me and she explained that she was feeling the way that I did, and she said like. I, I just can't do it anymore. At that time, because I didn't know that there was sort of a better life that you could have, I would say, yeah. I'm almost like, I give you permission. Like, yeah, I completely understand if you want to take your own life and that's what you feel you need to do. I completely understand that. Whereas now, I'd be like, yeah. I'm scared. I can get this stuff on tablets. Like, it, it, does. it makes such yeah. a difference. And you, you can just live a normal life. Like, I have had the best years of my life. So from 21 till now, I've had the absolute, like, times in my life and the best years of my life and stuff yeah so that's what I mean. it can before. be done yeah be done. when you're in that like and you would never thought that you could have the best years no. at all and that's what no. I'm saying so it's like it is hard when you you don't want to talk to people and you don't want to sort of admit something's wrong and get medication but yeah. like you said it could be your turning point and sometimes it's a challenge like sometimes like that's what i'm saying they kept saying oh you're depressed you're depressed then you're out it's almost like you've got to fight for saying that. no something else is fucking wrong with me yeah you know you're you right. i'm not a doctor but i i'm telling you there's something else that is not right with me yeah. and that's what i think you've got to stick to guys and sometimes that like, there's you will like get turned away you will get part of with certain things and also if like the first lot of antidepressants don't work you don't stop there like I was quite lucky yeah. in terms of like citalopram suited me quite um, well. I think I'm on venlafaxine or something like that now because it's not suitable for me like now. But you don't, yeah, you've got to almost fight for your life 
and yeah you, know, you can get there do you know what I mean and even if you are literally on the brink you think oh my god I can't do this anymore all you need to do is just give yourself a couple more months and I promise you if you keep pushing and pushing with the doctors and they finally see it and they can get you on some tablets then you've what's another couple of months do you know what I mean I know exactly. it's hard at the time but yeah. if that can give you your whole life then then it's worth it but, yeah yeah well thank you so much Sammy honestly okay. I'm so <laughs> grateful for you for like opening up because I know how hard it is for you oh my god like I think the Voldemort word I know honestly I said to you earlier like I've tried not to think about it all day and then the hour before I was like shaking I'm sweating and I'm walking up and down I'm like oh Liam I feel so anxious like I feel like I feel like I've just been like outed by someone like it's the the weirdest thing you just you talking about it makes me love you more (laughs) it does because you wait all week till this is published I'll be like Chloe Chloe, is it the right thing to do? Chloe, is it the right thing to do? Will people be emailing at work? Like, <laughs> fuck them. Who cares what they think? Yeah, it's it is you are you. Like, we're all so got yeah. flawed. We're all flawed yeah. massively. Yeah. And and if if they didn't know about it before, you're no. still the same person. Yeah. So, <laughs> fuck yeah. it. It doesn't matter. It's Don't true. worry about it. it but um, right. So just at the end. What do you find helps you when you've had like a particularly shit day? Um, sleep. So that's Sleeping. always been yeah. my go-to. Yeah. So some like I think you just need to let your body rest. Um, yeah. So my sleep. I know some people struggle with sleep, and I have been very lucky that I can just sort of sleep at the drop of the hat. But I will take myself like, if I feel like I'm getting low or anything like that. I will take myself off and just go to bed. Just yeah, yeah, and just Shut make sure. Yeah, and just make sure obviously you take these tablets and things like that. Yeah, and yeah, I'd just try and sleep. Or if you can't sleep, then maybe like on a, we do this thing, right? So honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I've really lost it. Right, so we do this thing, right? And I say like things that I'm grateful for. Yeah, I do I that. Say, oh, but I always start off with like I feel like I shouldn't ever ask for anything before I've said something I'm grateful for. So I always like, right, I'm grateful for all of my blessings. And yeah. like I say a couple of things that I'm grateful for, maybe for that day, like you might just be grateful for the smallest thing that someone did for you. Like that like, like cup of tea or yeah. yeah, they moved off a path while you pushed the buggy through, whatever it is. So just yeah. think of that and stuff. Um, and I say like, thank you for all my blessings. And at the end, I always say like, please keep my baby happy, healthy and safe and my family and stuff. But it's so funny, Liam does it now. But he gets oh. embarrassed to say it on his own. So he, he's like, will you say it first? Like before we go to bed, honestly, it's so funny. You two are literally oh the cutest. Oh my God. <laughs> I've got injuries, right? I've got injury on my arm. Where this lockdown sent us mental. So I've got injury on my arm where we raced to the toilet. <laughs> both of us needed a wee and we're like children we're pushing each other out the way like through the doorway and we're trying to go to the toilet first and I left the cupboard open so I scratched my arm and proper bruised it the other day we we're racing to the tap because I needed to fill up a jug for her and he's filling up his water bottle or whatever and I've got like he scratched me the skin actually curled up where his nails <laughs> went so deep it was disgusting. but I think that's lovely like you have yeah. you see the fun you have fun with each other now I know he's not trying to take my baby away, definitely. Yeah. Now I was like, yeah, here you go, yeah. just done it. Yeah. Take her back. <laughs> You're tend to yeah. baby now. <laughs> You've definitely got to get, like, I think also that helps having someone in a relationship that gets you. Like, Who understands. They might not yeah. have it and they might not have maybe had any mental health problems in the past. So they might not get it to the point where they completely understand how you're feeling. But just someone that is willing to listen and just takes the time. Like, he, he is bloody good when I was about to c-section myself up he literally just sort of grabbed me and held me oh, and you just 
you do, yeah you need someone that definitely that kind massively of, yeah, yeah. the support you need definitely um and what is your favorite quote do you know what i'm the absolute i have the worst memory in the world <laughs> so this is one that i've seen lately that i've actually yeah. remembered um I remember you always used to send them to me as well. Do you remember? Yeah. On Instagram when I was having a bad time, you used to like pink Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the one I've seen recently is, it's okay to do less when you're coping with more. Love that. Yeah. Okay I'll send less. it to you on Instagram later. Yeah. <laughs> Ping it over. It's, it's okay, okay to do less, less when you're yeah. coping with more. So don't beat yourself up if you've not, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you've not bathed the baby in eighteen decades, no, I'm joking. Really. Um, don't <laughs> no, but it's true. Up, you don't yeah. the, washing on, the dishwasher, or the house is a shit hole, or you haven't showered in two days, or something like that. Don't beat yourself up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're yeah. doing other stuff that you're. Yeah, going your through. brain's working yeah. ten thousand mile an hour. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Definitely. Lovely. Good. Okay. Well, thank you, Sammy. Like That's I said, okay. I'm so grateful for you for opening up to me. Are you um, sure it's a good idea? Should I read it? Is it's it okay? The best idea. And don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> oh, Honestly, like I said, it's made me love you even more. And yeah. everyone listening will love you even more for it as well. I know they will. Thank you very much. All right, then, my love. I actually feel like I thought I'd be really anxious after, but I actually feel relieved. Uh, all right, I'll speak to you, you later, babe. You've been listening to Dancing in the Rain. Thank you so much for your time and I hope to see you on the next episode.